It's been a couple weeks. We're back, mostly healthy. It's This Week in Film, the weekly podcast where we get together, talk about the movies we've seen over the past week, and uh, discuss our illnesses. We're back, baby! <laughs> I'm, I'm Nick Ponto, joined as always by Ray Radaminki and Matt Vitri. Hello! So guys, how have you been the last couple weeks? Good, good. Seen a lot of movies. Seen a lot of really movies. Been, really been movie watching. Matt, I've been in, yeah. in a downward death spiral, but saw a lot of movies. You were dying last week too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. just keep your sickness away from me. You're up next, Gray. Right no, I have a very strong immune system. <laughs> I used to. I like to, to keep it that way. Decimated. <laughs> well, we had some time apart. We all saw some movies. Sounds like we're getting back together. <laughs> we're, uh, we've grown as people. And I saw the movie Gladiator. Ooh, and uh, I just wanted to talk two seconds about that. Uh, it's a 2000 movie with Russell Crowe, directed by Ridley Scott. I just wanted to say the um, the character of Maximus is... Maximus Aurelius? Decimus yeah. Aurelius. General of the Army of the North. Um, is He is established so quickly without any dialogue in the first three minutes of that movie... It's it's a it's a masterstroke of of direction and acting, and in a in a period of from when the movie starts to when the battle really begins, you learn everything you need to know about Russell Crowe's character in that movie. Uh, I think it's it's just brilliant. In a very short period of time, you see him not only appreciate the small moments in life because he sees a bird in a tree. Uh, and, and, and appreciates it flying away before, before the battle begins. He takes the, the time to, uh, address his wounded men who are about to fight yet another battle. And you can see that he has their respect. And, uh, he talks about self-sacrifice because, uh, he leads the cavalry charge and the, their attack may hurt the cavalry, which he is a part of. And he says that some, some, costs are justified and uh he proves himself to be a military master by the way he directs his men around the field you learn everything you need to know about his character in the first three minutes of that movie it's it's such so well done it's uh really kind of a wonder to watch um well, wonder but uh that's really all i wanted to say about gladiator i think i watched the director's cut of that movie which was about four three, hours long yeah <laughs> And uh, there's a lot of a mess in there, but it's such a it's such a good movie that you don't really mind that the the final act being a real cluster. Great performance by uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Probably my He's... first introduction to Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I think mine. It was mine too. He was he was great. No, I saw him in To Die For oh. with Casey Affleck years no, before. Not to brag, Gus Van Sant movie. Yeah, I've seen other movies too. <laughs> oh, do tell. <laughs> but uh, it's just a, a real. A lot of meaty scenes for actors to to dig into in that movie. So Ridley Scott does it a lot, though, where he'll release a uh, director's cut. Mm-hmm. Like with Legend, you guys ever see the movie with Tom Cruise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The director's cut of that is like four and a half hours long, what? and it is a completely different movie. Like there's a whole other movie in there. It, really? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Do they fix Tom Cruise's teeth? No. Slam. Cruise My slam, God. right? I, uh, I liked that movie when I saw it when I was younger. I tried to watch it recently, and I... I couldn't get. That. I haven't yeah, seen the movie it not too long ago, and it is it, difficult. To, <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. the movie in twenty years, but I mean, yeah, I, I remember not, when the director's cut came out. I was not to date me, up. but I was working at a video store, and I was like, oh, "I'll pop this in," and it was a completely different movie. Also, with like what there's like, 
I mean, there's like 14 different versions of Blade Runner that yeah. exist. Yeah. I always wanted to see the theatrical version of Blade Runner because I think that it's on Netflix. Is it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Because I've only ever seen the director's cut, which I think is boring. It's it drags. I think. Yeah, the the theatrical version is the one that has the, uh, the narration. The, yeah, the narration. It's brutal. Absolutely brutal. It's, is it? Oh, yeah, it's oh, terrible. It's terrible. Oh. Well, I've, I've, I realized that was a theatrical it. version. That's a theatrical. Yeah. And uh, Harrison Ford just sounds. So well, he, pissed off that he's doing it. There's an amazing, like, next to Heart of Darkness, probably the best making of... Blade Runner is, like, one of my favorite movies. Um, but the making of documentary about Blade Runner is you, ha you have to watch it if you like that movie. It's three, it's three hours and, like, 27 minutes long. The documentary? Yes. And they dive into the whole, like, the, the, the whole narration. And Harrison Ford sounds like that because he just... Did not want to do it, right. and yeah, that's what I people heard. would write the dialogue five minutes before they record it. And Jeez. there's dialogue, there's like voiceover of him being like, "This is such, like, this is bizarre, like, this is <laughs> such a bizarre thing." I think in the theatrical version, the ending is like, or maybe the, the director's cut version, the the ending of the movie is like they're driving away in a car, and they took the aerial shots from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. They weren't used, and Ridley Scott used that, and the movie just ends with like an aerial shot of like four minutes long and the theatrical versions that's not the ending oh. interesting well that's all i wanted to say about gladiator it's a gladiator just a little quick thing good movie it is a great movie tiger scene that that three-hour director's cut does just fly by uh i know it's good ray did you see anything yeah i saw the autopsy of jane doe this week I have not heard of this movie. Yeah, it's it's uh, new. It's one of those movies that got released in theaters briefly, and now it's on uh, video on demand, so you can watch it at home. Hmm. Um, like an Oscar want... run kind of thing? Yeah, not really. Um, it is a horror movie directed by Andre Overdahl, who did, uh, what's it, Troll Hunter? Have you ever seen Troll Hunter? I have. You know what? I like that movie a lot. I have not seen Troll Hunter, but somebody brought it up. Oh. My friend, Matt. Uh, Other Matt, third Matt, who who may be an upcoming guest on the show, uh, brought that up to me just to just the me. other day. We're gonna find a better Matt. It's not hard to do. Um, trust me. Yeah, so he that's, all my that's what he's known for. If you don't recognize his name, um, the movie stars Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox as a father and son, and they uh, Brian Cox uh, they own a family business. Um, it's a funeral home and a mortuary. Um, Brian Cox is the mortician. Emil Hirsch is his uh, physician's assistant, um, and that's what they do. They they live, um, or Brian Cox still lives in the house. It seems like Emil Hirsch doesn't live there anymore. Um, and their uh, the mom just died, and it's about the, and it starts the movie. The movie starts with them like basically bonding over doing autopsies which here's my question to you guys i don't know if you guys know the answer to this or not i thought this was strange it's a small little thing uh do like mortuaries like family owned like funeral funeral homes they do like autopsies for, like, i can crimes? answer that question uh i had Is a, that a thing yeah so i had a job when i was younger uh, as a carpenter for a summer oh and we remodeled a mortuary and it was the actual contractor's wife's family owned this mortuary. Yeah, they would do these autopsies in the basement. Right, and that's And they would drain all the blood. It was a whole thing. It was, it was terrifying. Ugh. It was... I Because I, when... 
I have to go there in the morning yeah, and all the lights be off. Uh, or like a state. Like a state. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. My first regulated day there. thing, like a police regulated thing. Yeah, no, yeah. like so like the police do an autopsy. So wait, what happens in this movie? So in this movie, the movie Tell opens me, the movie opens with like a crime scene and like this bad like a, a terrible crime is happening at this house. Mm-hmm. Um there's bodies everywhere. And they find this girl uh, in the ba- in the basement, and she it se- it seems like her she it seems like she was buried in the basement, and she, her grave was dug up, and her, she's just kind of laying in her grave, and everybody else in the house is like like shot shot <laughs> or stabbed or like brutally murdered, and she's laying in this grave completely like not scratch on her body, mm. so like she shouldn't be dead kind of thing. Well, yeah, exactly. So. The sheriff of the small town that they live in decides to, like, last, like, the movie, after that, you see them, like, they're doing an autopsy on another random body. They're about to go home for the night. It's, like, late at night, and the sheriff brings in this girl, and he's like, can you guys get this done by the morning? Wait, so the mortuary, like, the guy's a medical examiner? He's, like, a pathologist? No, he's just a mort. He's just a mortician. Yeah, that's not. Isn't that strange? That, that wouldn't. Ha- that probably. Yeah. That's not. That would never happen. I th- I thought so too. That would. Yeah, I mean, they have a if anybody to do if that. anybody knows. Yeah. How this works? Like maybe in small towns, that's how they do it. No, like so when you go to like a mortuary school, which is like a the Call decision to do that. Mortuary. The decision work. to do that must that be joke. terrible, um, but. The, yeah, you go to the like actual. It's like college, and you go there and learn how to like do all the. You know, I'm not right. gonna get into it, but you do all the disgusting work, and stuff like that. Yeah, and then you put makeup on everybody, and uh, that's what you do is in the mortuary. You don't, you don't, you're not a pathologist. Like you're not trying to solve a crime. Right, right. Well, that's that's one of the main things here is. Um, Emil Hirsch is obviously upcoming, and he's learning how to do this. And he always is trying to like be like look into the story of the person, how the person, and like what happened. And his father is always trying, always tries to like uh, drill into his head. All we were supposed to find out is how they died. We're not supposed to find out the circumstances or anything that just had the cause of death. It's all we're trying to figure out. Don't get personal. Yeah, kind of right. you go to like you go to. Uh, so anyway, you go to medical school to become a pathologist to like right. figure out how people die. Study of past. So, so anyway, <laughs> getting into this movie. So, it's late at night, they're about to knock off for the night, um, and what? the sheriff brings in this girl, and they have, they don't no idea what the time of death is. The sheriff's like, we found her buried in the basement. She had to been there for a while, and they're looking at this girl, and they're like, her skin's perfect. She's got no decay on her, um, and weird stuff starts to happen while they're doing this autopsy. Um, they find strange things. There's weird stuff going on in their in the house. It's very the first like half hour to forty minutes of the movie are very good, um, just like with like the unknown. The movie kind of starts to unravel a little bit towards the end. It's only like an 80, 85 minute movie, eighty minute movie, so it's it's pretty quick. Um, but it kind of dealt. It kind of gets into the old like old horror movie with like the jump scares and there's like kind of a twist towards like the towards the end that you kind of see coming from a mile away that really they try to make it as a bigger twist than it actually is and it's really not um so i would say i liked it i liked the idea i just thought they could have like they made made the the second half of the movie a little more 
unique rather than kind of just falling into the pitfalls of like the old, you know, two guys locked in a house and being terrorized by evil spirits and stuff like that. It just seems like a lot of recycled things you see over and over again. I guess when you watch a lot of movies, you see the same things, especially in horror, because there isn't, you know, too many original ideas out there. So I thought the the idea was original, like getting a woman uh, uh, doing an autopsy on somebody and like her, the, her being in their house is like making things weird, but... Oh, there's our groupies are back. Yeah, they're back. Oh, they're fans. But uh, other other than that, I, I I thought it was just just okay. I mean, I would definitely recommend it. It's short. It's it's fun, but uh, it's nothing to write home about. Mm. All right. Yeah. Worth watching, I guess at least. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right. And Matt, what is the small budget movie that you wanted to discuss <laughs> this week? <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about the lobster. I did see. Just real quick, I did see Independence Day 2, which was probably the worst movie I've seen in 15 years. I've seen uh, The Lobster. And that's all I want to say. Oh, you've you seen The Lobster? Yes. Have you seen the director's I actually other? talked about it on the podcast. Oh. But it's well, okay. It was a long time ago. Yeah. That's probably No. Fine. No, you can talk about it. It's okay. Ray, I told you this was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, Nick. Oh, God. Well, you know what? I'm so tired. How about this? Let's just talk about Star Wars. <laughs> no, wait. Let's talk <laughs> about The Lobster. Nope, it's too late. You blew it. Oh, we man. all saw Star Wars. Rogue, saw Star or, Wars. Sorry, excuse me. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. This is what happened. Right. <laughs> I loved it. And I know you guys didn't like it as much as I did. I can just tell by looking at you right now. <laughs> but I loved it. I, I know there's problems with it. And, you, you know, and I'm not, I've, I've never been the, like, I'm a Star Wars, like, I like the movies. I've seen all the movies, but I've never been, like, a hardcore, like, Star Wars guy, so maybe that's why I didn't really care that much about the small little things, but... Mm -hmm. I think, um, let me preface it by saying, I did like it. It's a fine movie, <laughs> but the the little things are really eating at me more and more. I saw it two days ago. I saw it real late. You guys saw it about three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah I saw it the so day... it's fresh in your mind. Say yeah. It. I saw like the first showing it. And um, oh, the, the problems right. that I have with it are becoming like... <laughs> more and more right. fragmented cracks in the uh in the screen um but but off the bat i want to say beautiful movie oh the last 40 minutes of it i are some of the best cgi i think yeah. i've ever seen in the movie i mean just gorgeous to look at bright colorful you know like but gritty yeah i mean everything looked dirty in the movie everything looked dirty and used it was perfectly color yeah it was it was beautiful um but uh and this is where it's going to get annoying to you ray is because uh, the story I, I feel like the the movie looked great but had no characters the characters in the movie were the worst part the action was fantastic but the the main characters were boring you didn't really care about any of them and the ones that you did care about didn't get enough screen time like um there's too many characters. Yeah, I will agree with that. There's way too many characters. You've got it's like an episode of Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, it, it's. <laughs> I, I want to say there's plenty. There's the, the the number of characters. I don't think was the problem. I think that having them all together, not splitting up their storylines, not splitting them up like Star Wars usually does, where there's like three storylines going on. Yeah, they all they kept all those characters yeah, together. Storylines, yeah, going on. Uh, they, they kept all those people together. It kind of seemed like there's at, always at the Han end. Solo and Princess Leia go off together. Luke's always doing his own thing, and then there's like you know another sub, like another sub thing, and, and they kept all these characters together, 
And that's why I think it felt like just like I so many people. do like that they tried something really new with yeah. it, where they, where they said, all right, we're going to tell a completely different kind of story. And I, I appreciate it, but I just don't think that it worked 100%. Um, for instance, like, look, we're saying with the characters, like, let some of the, like the Adrian Brody guy, who's not Adrian Brody, but, but I can't see anything but that guy. Um, he shouldn't have been alive anymore at like a certain point. Like, why did they rescue him other than he's just a pilot kind of a thing? You know, like, it seemed like they were just gathering people as they went along and just hanging on to them because they were there. Um, but to keep things not for going on for Suicide Squad or Batman versus Superman size things. I figured I would complain about a few minor things Good. rather than all of the things. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into spoilers for Rogue One. If you haven't seen it um, and you don't want to be spoiled at this point, you can turn it off. But um, I mean, everybody... Anyway, sorry. And yeah. everybody already knows what happens at the end of this movie if you know anything exactly. about it. So I think my biggest... One of my biggest problems with the movie is the end. Uh, not the Darth Vader thing, even though I didn't really care for As cool as that was, I didn't really care it was, it, for it. It was, it was cool. It was unnecessary. Right. They didn't need to do it. It was almost like a, a throw to the, the fanboys almost. Yeah. Like, we're going to reenact this. It, it felt like, well, it's a Star Wars movie. We got to have a lightsaber in right. here at some point. Um, still cool, but, yeah. but overall useless. Um, but... More specifically, the 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 I guess the climax where the girl Jin is her name yeah. Jin. It's like Jin, yeah. Is um transmitting the Death Star plans. Um, when she transmits them, like she's able to get the hard drive out of the computer bay and get it up to the roof and turn on the radio and then transmit it to the ship. Why doesn't all of the ships get the Death Star plans? Why does just that one ship get them? And then they have to put it on a disc to literally hand to Princess Leia to take it away. Oh, you're really nitpicking. Well, here. I know, I know, but yeah, I mean, like, that's from, like really. But no, I, I I understand what you're saying. I understand. But in saying. a uh, all the technology, and then that exactly. is like that is like. So, like in in my mind, as you know, there are a lot of um, there were a lot of reshoots with this movie. Like they went back and redid right, right, right. a lot, and in my mind. Um, them getting the shield open, I think originally had something to do with getting them off the planet rather than just transmitting the signal wirelessly. Um, and for, and for some reason they abandoned that. Like, I think while I like the idea that all of the main characters in this movie fall in battle right. in some way, it's also a, a cop out that not only do they are not only are they able to transmit the data wirelessly and very quickly, like they're able to just do it in a snap, but then the empire destroys everything that was there, uh, killing all of their troops. Like there are thousands of Imperial troops there and they just destroy their own men. And it, it was a base for what it held all their like secrets and stuff, right? Yeah. And it was that, like a data place. Yeah, data. It was like, it was yeah. like a server basically where they have all their, it's like a, a a a bank vault. Well, I guess they figured that. Well, they didn't know that when they blow it up, they don't know that the plans are are have been transmitted yet, right? So maybe blowing it up is them trying to stop that at all costs. I guess, but then, but then right away, Darth Vader comes from his 
castle that he shares with the Lord Sauron from the Lord of the Rings right. and just starts slashing through things. I, I feel like the end was really sloppy um, and it left a lot to be desired. I felt that the movie, like I feel, so I have a lot of problems with this movie, uh, like a lot of problems. I, I did, <laughs> at the end of the day, like I liked it. I did like the movie. I rather I'm so happy that it exists. Everybody got problems with it, but everybody liked. Well, I'm I'm happy that it it, it exists. <laughs> yeah, it's, but like it's an it's a valiant effort. But the, the same time, like, I'm more confused now, after seeing this movie, as to what the heck was taking place between episode three and episode four, because this basically takes place two weeks before episode four starts, and there's 20 years that go by. Yeah. The I thought that the rebellion was already as like was established and going. I didn't know that it just popped up like three weeks before the you know episode four started. Uh, it was established. I, I mean. Well, it wasn't because like they don't they're they're giving up like they're and there's and there's like a little bit like they're not and also like who's fund like I would like to, 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 to like get into like who's funding the rebellion. Yeah. That's that's a, yeah no I just I, need an answer for saying. that like, that's all I like yeah where are the, I just need where are answers the so like, no like, well. it, it, it wouldn't really have been because it it like you could have easily had a scene was, what it, the movie didn't have was any Senate hearings yeah or conversations well no about the movie about it, didn't, the, it didn't the, need Senate hearings you just need one scene of like the the Jimmy Smith's character. Which who, was terrible. Which by was the way. terrible. Yeah, why did they choose? But you him? need because he's, he's the guy from the prequels. No, 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 I know, but like, why? Because George Lucas doesn't know how to cast a movie or make a movie anymore. <laughs> he so didn't have anything to do with this movie. He, well, they have to go off of what he created in the Asinine yeah. prequels. But I'm so, saying of all the people from Revenge of the Sith, like, because that's what that was his part. That was what he was. He was a leader. Like his character in yeah, the canon becomes I, like the leader of the rebellion. No, sort of, I, but I, yeah, I know, but. But you you could have easily just like, like how they tied up him. a lot like, of who is it? You're like oh yeah yeah, yeah he walks out of the shadow. He looks first like, off. He looks like, so old. He's like an old man's Benjamin Bratt. Like <laughs> you're like oh Jimmy Smith uh, is here, here again. Go. Great. But he um but like the the little camera wink where he's like I've got to head back to Alderaan. Wink. Right. You'll never see me again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get blown to bits. But yeah. So that that, that to me like. I'm, yes, again, I'm I'm more confused as to what Darth Vader was doing for 20 years and what was going on between Episode Three and Episode Four because they really don't establish that at all. Well, maybe they also will in, in another the, spinoff. Yeah, I'm sure who knows? Will, maybe yeah. those Han Solo movies will take care of that. But also, the first 10 minutes of this movie, you bounce to like five or six different planets, planets. Yeah, and I'm like, of, I don't need it. Like, come on, I don't care where we are. Like I, I did like the fact that like. Uh, Would you rather them not show you, not write, on, put on the screen where you are? I would like them to have like written a better movie to not have to jump <laughs> five, di five or six different planets. See, the thing about like them going to the different planets was, a lot of the planets they went to were very similar. Like I mean, it seemed like they were on the same planet. Yeah. And and it was just so that they could blow well, it up. They they would go to a planet for like a thirty second scene, and you're yeah. like, well, I don't know what this established, and you're there like, I don't understand of, what's going on here. It was a movie that wanted. To, it felt very big, but they moved around so much and so fast that it didn't matter that they're in a they're it, traveling across the galaxy. It felt very much like a, like an episode of the cartoon that was two hours long. That well, my what, nephew, uh, that my nephew watches. Well, that's what somebody was saying. I was talking to somebody about it today. They said that the Lawrence, not Lawrence Fishburne, the um, Forrest Whitaker character is something from the cartoons yeah, the cartoons. yeah. uh but i don't i haven't seen the cartoons so, so I, I yeah i don't know anything, anything about, about that. that yeah but i thought that the 
Forrest Whitaker thing was awesome. I like I like that character. I wanted to know more about the Osama. Barely, He's like the Osama the bin Laden of the yeah. Rebel yeah, I mean, Alliance. I, I did like the like the, the and then they kill him off. Right they away. like in like all the rebellion, like all the re- like the rebels. I I got this analogy was like the rebe- like the rebels were like the Iraqi insurgents and the stormtroopers were like the Americans. They kind of like flipped that on his head. Uh, I really liked that a lot. I thought that was interesting to to take it on from that aspect. Uh, I mean, there's very much. I mean, I thought that the battle sequences themselves were fantastically oh, yeah, done. It was awesome. You can't for a Star that. Wars movie, for any movie, it was. I mean, it was very good. The ground. It was going from the ground to the sky. Back yeah, and forth, but everything. a lot of perspective from yeah. the ground with like a lot of like yeah. overpowering imperial stuff. Like and a lot of great visuals. Like Nick and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, I was saying like how in the prequels. Like they CGI the aliens, and in this movie they yeah. they CGI the humans, and yeah. it really really bothered me. I didn't like the Tarkin. Like, why does yeah. the CGI character have all of the like all of the dialogue in the first twenty minutes? Of the but movie? how do you make a movie? You just on the you can't just recast the guy. Recast yeah, but then if you recast, and people are gonna have problems with that too. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, the Princess Leia thing w- w- wasn't wasn't necessary. They could just put the back of her head. They didn't need yeah. to show her face. Yeah, but also like I felt like. That was unnecessary. The, the Tarkin thing. You're gonna make a, a Star Wars movie where you don't have a reference, like like where you don't have. I, all right, so I did like the fact that like that the movie took place. There were there were no Jedi besides Darth Vader. I like that, like this uh, kind of like dystopian, like hopeless future, or like I'm sorry, not hopeless, but like hopeless like realm of like almost a Jedi or are. They're all um, gone. Like the, well, church, like a myth. the church has been disbanded. They're, well, they're like a myth to, to like you know to, to right. Jin. She doesn't. And I was reading that like in the original script that her mother was supposed to be a Jedi, and which I thought was interesting. But they they didn't establish Especially any of the characters in this movie to where you gave two dams if they died at all. And even in the ways that they died, they didn't do it in like epic. Other than maybe like one or two characters, they didn't do it in like epic ways. It was just kind of like, oh, well, I'm gonna get blown up now. Yeah. Now, like, you know, like now, it reminded me of like you know, the way that these people were dying. I, I kind of was like laughing a little bit, uh, in because I'm a psychopath. But like, <laughs> but like I was laughing because it was, it felt like a bad horror movie. Like, all, like all of a sudden, where people were just dying just to die. It's like, oh, yeah, we have to get rid like, of these people. Yeah, I, I agree that it, it felt like they were just trying to think of reasons to get rid of some of the. The characters and a lot of these characters you don't really care about in the first place. The hardest death to watch was the robot. Yeah, yeah, that was he was probably the best he character was the best in the character movie during the movie yeah. too. Um, but that was that was difficult to watch to see him fall. And, um, and like they don't establish any love story. Like you just don't care. Like like Nick was saying, you just don't care about any of these characters at all. And they very much could have spent ten more minutes of a movie and made it. And establish all these characters. If you're gonna keep the pilot around, give him a backstory to where like he's redeeming himself or something. Yeah. Not like I mean, not like screw up with his head and maybe he's gonna do it. Maybe he's yeah. Not. But like yeah, and then they do that whole scene where they screw with his head, but then nothing ever he's comes up. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's just kind of a weird guy, and he's got cuts on his head. Yeah. But I mean, weird guy with cuts on his head. <laughs> I mean, all that being said, I, I do agree that I'm nitpicking. Uh, a movie, but uh, I just feel like it's a um, a waste or or um, a missed opportunity uh, to really dive into something something deep. And when you can see the potential for something that that the groundwork is is there in the movie, 
and and that doesn't like grasp that uh it's really disappointing it it feels like very much like a first draft of a movie like that that's kind of my problem well, yeah the problem that, is like the third probably, draft yeah well there probably draft, should have been yeah. like 17 because like there there's be interesting to see what the original movie was. Cause, yeah, because they filmed it. Well, it was done, and then they went back and, and chopped it up. Yeah. Was, so what? What did the they first went back one look and like? Shot it, and well, I mean, those, the, those, uh, you've, you've seen those previews. I was talking yeah. about. It's like there's that awesome shot in the in the one preview where Ben Mendelsohn's character is walking along the beach, and there's this floating right. dead stormtroopers everywhere on the yeah. like in the water. That wasn't in the that movie. was awesome, yeah. and that a lot of stuff movie. wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Apparently, the the original ending took place on the beach. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what that would have been. I don't know if these people lived or not. But, but. Um, when they when news came out that they were doing the reshoots, it was the word was that to lighten the movie up. Too that dark. The, the movie was too dark. So I mean, it was uh, pretty dark. It it's was. a pretty dark movie. It's pretty violent. Yeah. A um, lot of death. A lot of destruction. I mean, whole city. Many many cities are blown up. Um, Younglings are killed. No, no murdered children. <laughs> no, Although no. there is that one scene where that gr- little girl is like in the street and yeah. she has to go save her. I thought that was a little out of place. Uh, one other complaint that I have is uh, the music in the movie. I did not like the music. Oh, really? The it was completed. I was reading. It was completed like a month before the movie came. Yeah, out. that's. What I, I also heard that, but it, it just feel. I felt it was totally out of place, and it felt like somebody was doing a compare or a um copying a john williams kind of score almost like plagiarizing it was uh yeah. wasn't it was it michael G- giacano i think it's yeah did it? that's did it, i yeah. don't know i feel like it was like a dj named like tech I, I was saying this early tech nine but i don't know if that's correct no. it's somebody f- famous pretty sure it's um, michael giacano but um yeah. i was speaking to somebody earlier and i think it was actually tony tony from this week in film and uh he was saying that the original composer I think it was Tony. The original composer of the movie got booted, and then they had to bring in this guy who got credit for the score. But I, I felt like the music was a little over the top at some points and didn't match the the mood. The mood, yeah. Like a lot of times, the music was way music was way over the top and didn't I, didn't sit right. I thought like the the father, like there's so many things in this movie I just thought were just not done correctly yeah story structure wise like the father like jen's father there he doesn't sacrifice himself for anybody he just kind of gets off in front of her yeah and, and you're just kind of like that whole scene's kind of a waste it's, like it's a humongous waste and and they they could have just made the sequence a, a lot better by just having other things happen yeah and it just that's what i feel about a lot of the sequences in this movie is like oh they were just throwing it together and like, oh, then this person has to die here and we'll just have this happen. But like you could have made it, like you could have made this way more like just epic. Yeah, the only real conflict that the characters really experience in the movie are the the Captain, Captain Corelli, whatever his name Captain is. Captain Corelli's mandolin. Yeah. yeah, Captain Corelli and his mandolin are the scene where he's deciding whether or not to shoot Jin's dad. And he doesn't take the shot one because he doesn't have a clean shot and two because he kind of runs out of time and then he goes but I didn't shoot him right and he says well this is that's why I'm a good guy so I don't know like you've got your your heroes are assassins in the movie which is confusing We're good but I mean it, it's all in all it's a it's a fine movie definitely worth 
a watch. Oh, here's here's my biggest problem. I'm glad it's it on the big screen if you can. Real, real yeah. quick, here's my biggest problem with the movie is that you have all these people killing them like sacrificing themselves for a cause that you don't you don't know why like you don't understand their motivations behind why like why they're for the cause. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, I know what you're saying. You don't understand the context outside of a yeah. It's like I'm gonna go ahead and like sacrifice myself and blow my and allow myself to be killed for this cause. Yeah. Why are you like like what happened to you to make you so against the empire? What happened against like none of that is established for any of the characters yeah. other than the main character. Other than the fact that I'm not on the imperial team. Yeah. I, I yeah. Outside, if you can't, the movie can't exist on its own. Right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. not. No. no. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to touch off. But. Which is what we kind of were led to believe when when you saw the first trailer and you heard about the writing of the movie, you were kind of led to believe that it was going to be a standalone thing. It was going to be start and a finish, and it wasn't going to be as yeah dependent on the other films as it is. And, and I, I totally think, agree with that. And I think that's another sort of issue with the movie is that there's nothing new in the movie, like the the movie still has the, like AT AT walkers, those ATST chicken walkers, yeah. stormtroopers. You know, you've got different kinds of like those death troopers were cool. Yeah, yeah. I think what I what I really wanted in the movie was like new new Star Wars things, not just the same stuff put in a new scene. But I guess it's hard to do that though because when it takes place it takes beforehand, place beforehand yeah. and well, you've already seen everything after that. Yeah. So. But here's my the new thing. stuff has to come. But that's kind of like what I liked is, about the newer movie, right. like yeah. Force Awakens, was because like the Tie Fighters, even though they're the same, they look different. Right. You well, know, that's my whole future. thing. Is like uh, in the prequels, all the all of the ships, all all of the cities, are they all look brand new. I would like to have seen. Like a reason as like apparently apparently the canon is I'm a nerd about this <laughs> is that the empire just kind of takes over the universe or galaxy and allows for like all, like no maintenance to be done to any of the ships. That's why everything looks dilapidated. That's their excuse for everything lo- like looking the way it looks in episodes four, five, and six and seven. And I would like to have seen like reference to that in this movie, and uh, and they don't have any. And there's no. The ships that are in the prequels aren't in this movie any, like anywhere. And it's like, if ever you were going to have a situation where you could explain away why all of this, like, all of this infrastructure, I, I guess, uh, has become, like, disip- you know, dismantled throughout the galaxy, this was the opportunity, and they just didn't even touch on it. I think that was kind of like the... And yeah. That and Darth Vader drinks milk of the poppy. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Darth Vader's lava castle was a little over the top. That was. Um, he also looked terrible in that first scene when he comes walking out. Like it looked like his mask was gonna fall off. Like his neck plate was too big or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but somebody, uh, somebody said that that was done deliberately to make it match the style from A New Hope, where like the costume doesn't really fit that well. But, so I have a quick question: Does is Darth Vader still on the same planet he's on in Episode Three? Did he stay there for twenty years? I you know I think he comes and goes. That's just where that's just the summer house kind okay. of a thing. All right, that's where he gets all his training. Yeah, yeah. he's right. got like a weird slave guy. Yeah, but so that was Rogue One. Yeah, um, we liked it. I liked it. Now I the mean, lobster. I mean, I know I've got a lot of complaints about it, but but I did like it. 
Um, but there's a lot of missed opportunities in there, I think. Uh, so that being said, it's the end of the year two weeks ago. <laughs> um, we're in 2017 now, but Matt, we asked a question a couple weeks ago about, uh, or you asked your question, which was what, what are your top five movies and least favorite movies of the year? Well, we got a response oh. from a listener on our on our SoundCloud. Oh, uh, the podcast in reality, right up my alley. Nice with the with the, <laughs> with the puns in reality film podcast. Uh, they had an answer for the top five movies they've saw in 2016, uh, and it goes as follows: Cleopatra, Green Room, Hardcore Henry, Dope, and Kung Fury. I believe Dope came out last year. Oh, they, they watched, watched this it. year? Top five scene uh, in the see, past all year. My, yeah. All my movies. Cleopatra movies didn't yeah. come out. Cleopatra. Cleopatra didn't come out this right. year. Yeah. Dope um, came out last dope year. Dope I was disappointed with. I, really? I thought it was going to be much better than it was. Like that's not just me. That's just dope, my opinion. Dope was one of the first movies we talked about on the show. Yeah. Tony? Yeah, Tony, Tony yeah. talked about it. Yeah. It's the first time we had to edit the show because Tony couldn't get through talking about Dope. We had to do it like eight times. It was pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> dope. Oh, great. Sounds pretty dope. But no, those are those are good movies. Green yeah. Room is on my yeah, list. Green Room, is on, it's on my list. I have not seen Green Room, but I heard Hardcore Henry was fun. Yeah, that was on my list as well as like not one of my favorite. I made like a long list, but that I was talking to Ray about it earlier. I was saying that movie was on my list, not as like the one of the best movies I saw this year, but as an experience. Uh, I I definitely appreciated the attempt of the the POV movie. Uh, yeah, I from saw, the eyes. That's, that was that's interesting. Cool, yeah, yeah, it was just very interesting to watch that. Did anybody else else give responses? No, that was the only one. Should okay. we give our responses? I mean, well, we had a lot more than that, but right, we but can't that, get to all. We can't get we to have all big of lists. So we had a lot of lists. So should we do so. our top fives? Uh, I know mean, you have way more than I have, that. I mean, well, you can't list every movie. You I gotta look at my list. I take five of them. All right, I'll give my list. Okay, give give one. I'll give one. Give one. Okay. Well, this is no particular order, unless you're going. No, I'm going. I'm going in. Wait, I'm going to go top three in order. In order, bottom two are interchangeable. Holy okay. crap! So this is number five. This for is you. number five. Okay, I'm judging you right now. This is me judging you. <laughs> Green room. That's Whoa, number five. Number five. Number five. So yeah, that's my number right. five. Okay. Um, we talked about it earlier on the podcast. Was it you who talked about it? No, no I Charlie. Was Charlie. It's Charlie. Yeah. Um, I love the movie. Just if you haven't seen it, it's 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 one of those movies. that's hard to explain. It's like it's like a horror film slash. Uh, uh, it's very punk hostage rock. film. It's very like there's maybe like yeah. five movies ever that felt Patrick Stewart is punk rock awesome ever. In it. That movie definitely feels like, like very like in your face. The late great uh, Anton Yelchin, Anton Yelkin, who oh, died right, in yeah. an early death, hit by his own jeep. Ray, you oh. have a jeep. I do. Be careful. So, what out is there. your what is your five? I gotta look at my list. It's on your phone. <laughs> my phone. I actually lost my phone back here. Phone problems here. Yeah, technology. Man, from your list, from technology your list of like her. fifty movies. Pick. Well, I don't have fifty on here. Number five, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Hell or high water. Ooh, almost five. made my top five. Oh, oh didn't did not didn't make it. Did not oh. make it. No, oh, my God, movie that I enjoyed a lot. Okay, 
You have anything else to say about it? Uh, I like the movie. I saw it on my birthday. <laughs> Shout out Great. to my buddy Steve Barnes who came with me. All right, Steve Barnes. And uh, yeah, I like the movie a lot. Chris Pine's great. Jeff Bridges is great. Uh, it's written by the same. It's written by the guy who played the chief of police, Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, on Sons of Anarchy. And he also wrote Sicario. He also too. wrote Sicario, and he's writing a Sicario sequel, which I'm yeah, which hyped is kind up of for. A weird movie they're not, sequel about. They're, but, well, they're not bringing back the uh, Emily Blunt. No, Benicio Del Toro is going to be in it. Yes, right? and Josh Brolin. Yeah, Sicario and was one of my favorite movies of last I year. I like that movie a lot. Dennis Villanueva, whatever, he, was, he can't do any wrong in my we'll, mind. We'll get, the, we'll get to him yeah. in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I bet we will. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to put this together right now. but um, On the fly, off the On cuff, the five, you know, number uh, five. Uh, come on. Uh, I'm going to say 10 Cloverfield Lane. Ooh. Ooh it's on my list. I don't Interesting. Know I have five. Interesting that's, you bring that up. Five. Is that your number four? Because that's my number four. Number four. <laughs> number four. Wow. I thought it was great. It's a yeah. fun. I don't know if I could watch it twice, but. Yeah. After you fi- figure out the ending, yeah. it kind of ruins it a little bit, oh. but the experience it. in the theater was great. Yeah. Definitely a lot of fun to watch. And watched it uh, with a lady friend uh, oh. uh, 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 at the house. Oh. How did the date end? Uh, you know, like all my dates end. Me <laughs> stumbling over my words and. <laughs> Them leaving awkwardly to a swift handshake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, that was my number four. Um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, yeah. All right, Matt, what's your number four? Oh, I need to see my list again. Oh, yeah, I forgot, the, <laughs> forgot about Matt's list. <laughs> this is going to be awkward every time. Uh, I'm going to go with number four on the list. Oh, man, if I keep one. Hmm. Well, while you're looking. Well, number four is going to be, for me, I'm going to go with The Lobster. Ooh, wow. Lobster. Really? I did like The Lobster a lot. Wow. I like the tone of the movie. Oh, yes. Great I tone. love the director. He, I saw The Alps and I saw Dogtooth. Love both those movies. Uh, but The Lobster, I thought was fantastic. The end, I thought was perfect. I had a huge problem with the last like I, half you hour. You seem like the kind of guy that would. Uh, <laughs> I I love the story structure. I I love that it it went completely non traditional. That was uh it felt very original. Not I mean the story in and of itself, the world that that Dave built in the movie is, I think, com- very interesting. Like it's it's yes, it's the best. It's amazing. It feels like a Spike Jones world. Very Spike Jones. Yeah, but. I thought the last like twenty five minutes of that movie, where it just kind of just the, the story just kind of changes. It makes it a complete. Other, it makes a complete like left turn. It does and goes in a completely it, different direction. Yeah, but it makes it. It definitely. There's so much going on in that movie, and it's it, it's talking about so much about love and relationships, and and you get tired of someone, and and you, the the fact that she become I'm not going to get into any of this stuff right now, but the fact that you know she goes blind. And all all of this stuff, very psychological. Give that away. I mean, whatever, <laughs> you know. It's the movie's like a year old at this point. Yeah, Colin Farrell's fat in the movie too, all right? <laughs> I thought the the first, like, the first act of it was hilar- like hilarious. I was cracking up the whole time. Yeah. Because they, they, they were not trying to be funny, but it, it was funny. Yeah, it, it goes from, like, dark comedy so to regular comedy. And I, I just thought that... I just... I love every... I love... Uh, who's that actress from Blue is the Warmest Color? Uh, Leah... To do. Oh, she's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Marry me. <laughs> All right, Nick, number four. So I'm kind of torn on this, but I'm going to have to go with uh, the 
Barkley Marathons. Wow, Ooh, good one. Race that eats its young. I, yeah. I thought that was a great documentary. It's about uh, uh, what's it? Is eighty mile trail marathon trail run uh, ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, for how many people? Like five people will finish it or something? I think less than ten in yeah. twenty years that the race has been going on. Uh, just a great documentary. Very very entertaining to watch. I watched it uh, twice in one day. I was, I, th- I loved it. Yeah, I liked liked it a lot as well. Ray, number uh, three. Number three. Three. Nocturnal animals. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Um, we talked about it uh, pretty recently. I missed uh, that day. But you you saw it as well. Oh, I, it's it's uh, it's on my list. One of the most unique movies I think I've ever seen. I I love everything about this movie. Uh, story within a story. Within a story. Within a story. Uh, some characters playing multiple roles. Um, very very good. Very very raw and dark at some points <laughs> definitely not for everybody um and one of the weirdest opening credit sequences of all time yes or in my case sensual <laughs> <laughs> okay all right matt your number three uh my number three i am gonna go with hmm. let me see this one more time i gotta make okay. sure before right, before i dive in and make this i mean dive in here top five is hard I'm gonna go number three with. Oof, this is this is a, this is tough. The Secret Life of Pets. No, was that was <laughs> I, that from I this year? Didn't see that? No, How was it? God, I I kind of like was half watching it. A lot of pink butts. <laughs> Top three. I'm gonna go with no number three. I'm going to yeah, go with pink butts. It's it's unnerving. Oh man, this is this is tough. Yeah, number three. It's gonna be. Where is it on this list? <laughs> Did I not write it down? Oh, you didn't even write it right on the list? It can't yeah, be that important. I'm going to go number three with Deadpool. Ooh. Oh, that's my number three. Oh, wow. A movie I, I have yet to see. Really? Oh, Are you serious? Oh, man. That doesn't Deadpool. interest me at all. Oh, oh Deadpool is great. That movie is fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. That's that what I was going to say next. Wow. If I wasn't a pretentious piece of whatever, it might be my number one movie of the year. Oh, okay. You guys liked it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, very d- very dark comedy, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's very raunchy, dark, raunchy, raunchy. Yeah. yeah, raunchy. Yeah, fourth wall breaking. A lot of fun. A lot of it's be- it's the best X Men movie, in my opinion. I would think it would go All Deadpool right. and then Days of Future Past. All right. Uh, so number two, my number two. two. So my number one and two were very hard to pick. Mm. Um, but it's not The Bachelor. You can just pick movies. Just movies. <laughs> my number two movie this year was Midnight Special. Okay, it's on my list. You're looking at my list. You see my list. <laughs> I'm not looking at your. It's on list. there. I'm looking right little, at you. I said it. Little Jeff Nichols. Um, I was enamored by it. before I saw uh, the number one. This would have been my number one. Um, I loved it. I loved every second of it. The opening, the opening sequence, which is I guess like five minutes or so like floored me. Like I was in the movie theater like like so like on edge the entire beginning of the movie and then like when the opening when the when the title card comes up like it says midnight special I like my like jaw dropped. I was like so it was just really? like it's just like my type of movie. Yeah. I'm a, I'm like a sucker for sci-fi and it was just everything about that movie was just right up my alley. Oh. And like I went went to it like thinking I was going to like it and I loved it even more. So yeah, that was that was definitely my number 2. 
I'm also a sucker for sci-fi, and that's why I chose The Arrival as my number, or as, I'm sorry, it's just Arrival, not the Charlie Sheen movie. Right. <laughs> well, it could be. No, it's uh, Arrival as my number two. Uh, again, like, I really liked world building, and I've and, uh, been reading a lot of, like, Tolkien's uh, essays about world building and everything, and I just think The Arrival really just... That movie is flawless. Midnight Special, I, by the way. I, oh, my God. Midnight Special, by the way, I did love. I didn't spill anything. I did love. Um, my studio. <laughs> and nothing. We're good. Man, it's tough. <laughs> that really scared me. So That's why we don't have food or drinks in the control. Oh, man. So uh, where was I? Yeah, Midnight Special, great movie. Uh, but Arrival, I, that movie from the opening scene to the end scene, I thought was fantastic. Uh, the score is great. The cinematography is amazing. There are like shots in that movie where they're just single shots of, of, of Amy Adams face where I'm like, Oh my God, I must've taken the DP three hours to light this. I mean, it looks amazing. The movie itself looks fantastic. Uh, and the story, you don't really, you don't see the end coming. Uh, it comes out of kind of nowhere and, just, just go see this movie. I'm not going to give anything away. Just go see this movie. It is, it is very good. All right. And so I got to say, my second favorite uh, for the year. <laughs> it's even scary if you drop. <laughs> uh, Bone Tomahawk. Ooh. Wow. Okay. All right. I uh, really loved it. <laughs> the movie was kick ass. Uh, Movie changes tone like every ten minutes turns into like a different kind of a western um, until the end when it turns into a straight up horror movie. Right. Yeah, crazy, um, but not like a like a slasher horror movie, but like horrifying. Uh, totally worth checking out if you haven't seen Bone Tomahawk. Um, but that's my number two. Number two, right? Uh, my number one is Drum Roll Arrival. Oh, okay. I didn't want to take Matt's thunder when he was explaining it, hey. um, but everything you said is true. Um, it is probably is my favorite movie in the year, and it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow, it's, it's definitely it's, it's definitely big. like in my top ten. Wow, that's how much I liked it. Wow, okay. um, I cannot wait to see it again, and it's just like it's it is everything that I want it. Uh, it's in, Interstellar to be. Like, Interstellar was a good movie, and I liked it a lot, and then I saw this, and it's it's what Interstellar was trying to communicate in a way better way. I would say that Dennis no, uh, Villanueva, like, is is really coming after Chris, Chris, like Christopher Nolan in my mind as, yeah. like, the best director working today. Yeah. Whereas, like, every movie he puts out is an event. Right. There's only a few directors out there that that happens with, and I think that he, from prison, like, ever since Prisoners came out, I've seen every single one of his movies in theaters, and every one of them feels like an event. Not quite on the Christopher Nolan scale of like no, going no. to see Inception, but like it's getting there. Yeah. Like I'm really excited for Blade Runner this yeah. year. I mean, after seeing Just Arrival, because, and if you wouldn't be excited, you got Roger Deakins as a DP on that movie. It's the, he's the best DP alive. But you, sorry, Robert Richardson, if you don't listen to this. And movie, you yeah. wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't be excited if anybody else was directing. No, you but wouldn't. Because it's him. You're like, he's yeah. gonna, he's gonna you like. Know. I mean, ten years ago, they would have given us that that that, that, that movie to Brett Ratner or something, yeah. and you know, well, also what happened. Yeah, him. but he's gonna knock it out of the park. I totally agree with you. And yeah, yeah. You, you already said everything you had to say about it. But yeah, yeah, my favorite movie of the year. Uh, my favorite movie of the year is Nocturnal Animals. 
Yeah. I loved this movie. I saw it alone. Like I see most movies in theaters these I days. I also saw it alone. Yeah. And I just was captivated from the op like as you said, the op that opening sequence. Uh all the way up until the end, I thought was amazing. Uh you already talked about it, but I, I was gonna say that the story structure is so original and the I'm a sucker for film noir. Like I love yeah. sci-fi. I mean I love sci-fi. I but I love film noir and this movie really took it to a whole other, whole other level and this that end scene I mean you want to talk about a perfect ending. That is perfect ending. That is a really? perfect, perfect ending to a movie. Wow. It it you know if anyone out there has ever been scorned uh, by an ex-lover or something, go and see this movie because it will, it really, it's like therapy. Yeah, it really it, is. It really is. I mean, it's, it's great. So <laughs> high praise. Yeah. Now I have to follow that up. Yeah. Um, you're like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's the movie I think I've seen the most this year. Watched it again this week. Um, so I'd be remiss if I didn't I, give I an <laughs> honorable mention. Um, I'm my number six favorite movie of the year mm-hmm. is Best of the you Best. Can put three. it in number one. Oh, no, I, 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 I just can't. I just throw it in there. Is Best of the Best three? No turning back. I'm not kidding. <laughs> the most fun I've had watching a movie in a really, really long time. But I'm going to have to say my favorite movie of the year. I'm scrolling through this list. Uh, I'm going to have to say Predestination. Which I still haven't seen. Ethan Hawke. I saw that movie. I I really, really liked it. Uh, It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything about it. The less you know about it going in, the better. (coughs) Um, But jaw-dropping twists and turns where you're like, no way kind of stuff, you know? Uh, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know anything about it going into it, and uh, I really liked it. Uh, so, predestination. I, I'm gonna have to say number one right now. Although the minute I drive away, I'm gonna be like, God damn it, no. Yeah. Kind of a thing. I, but I'm thinking already like how did Don't Think Twice not make my list, but it didn't. But um, wait the the com- the my particular movie the movie sucked. The movie was no, great. You saw that? I haven't seen that it. Movie, I haven't it seen great. Sleepwalk. I hated. I hated saw that. Saw Q and A with with him and Julian uh, Jacobs. I, I I was just annoyed. I, I was annoyed by that. You know movie. what? You know, know, you know what the problem was with that movie? But I don't know how, his name. The the guy from the Keanu movie. What's that guy's name? Key, Key to Michael Key. He was the worst thing in the he. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into this, but like, he was the worst thing in the movie. He ruined every scene he was in. Every scene he was in. Yeah, I, I just didn't very. I didn't care for it. I don't really care for Mike Particular either. That's probably why I didn't care for it. You just hate good things. Ah. I guess I do. All right. What's your uh, off the top of your heads? Maybe you can think of it. Least favorite movie of the year. That might be it. Independent. Don't think that's twice. not. That's not I, it. I, I, get out of I here. really, really hated it. What a charm really life you leave. <laughs> Uh, Independence Day Two is uh, is the worst movie I have seen. I I could like that's the worst blockbuster movie that I have seen. I mean it it, it takes down 
worse than Suic- Batman Superman? It takes down Batman Superman. It, it dethrones Suicide Squad. It, I mean, it is. Not about Suicide Squad. It is <laughs> the worst movie. It is laughable. It, it, it looks like just no one cared. It looks like, oh, Will Smith's not going to be in the movie. Let's make it anyway. I mean, there there is a scene in that movie where they, they're on an alien spaceship and they're just, no one is even wearing like oxygen masks. You're like, wait, what's going on here? Like, how, like, this is ridiculous. Okay. Um, I'm going through this list real quick and I could probably put together a top bottom five. <laughs> um, but I'd have to say the worst movie I watched this year was Avalanche Sharks. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Which was, which is a, a in joke. Documentary? No, it's <laughs> it's about ghost sharks on a mountain. Uh, it's like a, it feels like a sci-fi. Movie. It could happen. It could happen. Um, I will say, since we've watched White Girl, I have not been able to stop thinking about <laughs> I, it. Right? That's why I made you guys watch it. I, it is like locked in my it's mind. In your head, right? Um, it's it's a movie that kind of like needles at you. <laughs> incessantly to the point where I almost want to watch it again and I'm like oh my god I don't want to watch this movie again but I can't stop thinking about it that's why I made you I couldn't stop thinking about the movie like after I watched it and that's when you know something's good yeah I think this movie is good it has a terrible rating it makes you it makes you think it really does which which is you know it challenges your thought but um if if that director would have made one or two more like, like different decisions in that movie that that could have been up for like an independent spirit award yeah, a lot of couple more changes. Yeah, well, story true. But um, show's getting a little long, so I think we're gonna wrap it up. Oh. Uh, you guys have anything to plug? No. Uh, it was a great year. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great year. year. Onward yeah. and upward. Thanks for everyone yeah. tuning in, listening, spreading the word. Um, follow me on Instagram. I deleted my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Just and you, what's your name on Instagram? It's uh, Matt Vitri. I'm almost at the point where I can get paid for posting on Instagram. So please, what? Help me out. Help me out. Check out. Check out his picture today, Dillinger. Yes, <laughs> that's what. Yes, it's, I call it Dillinger. Wait, so wait, so how does that work? What do you mean? Like how, Instagram? Like, yeah, you have to get I, so. I many, get free stuff sometimes. Like so uh, many followers. Yeah, if you get so many followers, like when I got like 2,500, like you, if you contact like certain places like within the city uh, and plug them like tell them they're gonna, they'll give you they'll let you do like the you know like floating I go to like floating sessions they'll let you do that floating for, session it, yeah. it's like a <laughs> sensory like deprivation a tank oh nice it's yeah. amazing it's amazing I, I recommend I try, it I wanna try that out you come with me dude it's amazing alright well let me know when you're going alright so I'm dead it's serious date. it's date yeah, I'm about to have it's fantastic. as many children I'm not allowed to leave so, the house uh, but yeah, you get to do that stuff for free sometimes, like that or like a spin. Yeah, I, would, I would totally do that. Yeah, stuff like that. You, you know, if you give them like a good review or like a picture of you like in the tank or something or of the tank. Uh, yeah, you can cut the part of me Matt making a lunch date out. No, of the yeah, party. I mean like <laughs> it's, it's, it in there. it's an awkward thing. You know how it's thing. gonna end, Ray? You're naked the whole Hardy time. handshake. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. You're, you're like, you're naked the whole. Wait, time. why are you naked? Because you get into a tank and you're floating around. You feel like a, uh, a head. Floating in outer space. Right. Yeah, I've heard that. And I mean, it is like if you do meditation. I do meditation. It it uh, it's just a whole nother level. I feel like I just walked in halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> like I was in the car the whole time. And I don't feel like I heard any of this cover. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. Well, until All right. go start. follow Matt's Instagram. Yeah. She can do more. Yeah. Uh, go naked I can take red floating. <laughs> and uh, if if that's the end of the reel. <laughs> Yeah. Uh.
I don't even remember how that ends. We'll see you next week in film. All right. Bye. Bye.